Hello and thanks for streaming this episode from ACF Church. Our hope is that this word would encourage you to walk closer with God and with your local church. We hope you consider partnering in the work God's doing here by joining a life group, serving, and giving. If you'd like to give financially to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so safely on our website at acfak.org or by texting the amount to 907-341-4213. Now prepare your hearts to hear God's word. good. I wish it was that easy, don't you? Man, hey, 11 a.m., how you guys doing? You made it to church today. I'm glad that you're here. If you are new, we're just glad that you're with us in this conversation. We have uh, been part of a series of talks called Free Money. And the idea here is that uh, we all want to be more free, more liberated with our money. And we believe that God has a lot to say about that and wants to help us in that area of our lives. And so I've got a great opportunity here today to introduce my friend Joe Sangle. He's uh, sharing with us, us today and also teaching a class this afternoon for us. It is something you do not want to miss. I don't know what's on your schedule today, but, but clear it out and make some space for this. I'll tell you, Amanda and I went to this last year and it totally changed the way that we approach all of our personal finances. And so uh, a major opportunity for you. It's totally free, five o'clock uh, this afternoon. And so we're gonna pack this place out and learn how to get free with our money. But anyway, hey guys, give a huge hand to Mr. Joe Sangle. Awesome, thank you brother. Who's fired up to be at church today? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm fired up to be here again. The last time I was here, it was much colder. Uh, it was the weekend before Thanksgiving, and it was like really cold. And for a person who's lived in South Carolina for the last 20 years, it was very cold. But I, I loved it, and it was awesome. But yeah, it's much nicer weather this time here in May, and I'm so excited to be back. And it's incredible to hear how God is continuing to bless this great church and this community. And I'm so excited to be here in this series called Free Money. Uh, we, we all would love to have free money. That'd be awesome. Uh, and what we're really talking about is to have liberated money, money that's not pledged away. I wonder if anybody here has ever been broke before. Has anybody ever been broke? I, I've been broke and my money was not free. It was bound up and I was in a mess. In fact, I started out life and I didn't know much about money. Um, my parents didn't talk about money a lot. Um, I wonder if it's true about you and your life. 
Uh, in fact, the only time my parents kind of talked about money was when it was very negative and they were very animated about it. Um, and it was not, I, my perspective of money was, oh, you fight about that. That's wonderful. And then I, I, had, I had one class really in high school about money. I wonder if that's any different for you. My class was home economics, which should have been about the home economy, but we learned how to make no-bake cookies that we didn't even put in the oven. And they were awesome. And I want those right now. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? No-bake cookies? They're amazing. And I want those right now. Um, but anyhow, I, I went to college. I went to Purdue University. And uh, man, I went there to study mechanical engineering. Uh, go Boilers, Boiler Up. And I, I uh, had no money. And man, I, I found myself in a very broken place. And I learned how to make money. But I didn't learn what to do with it once I got it. And I found myself in quite a mess. And so today I want to kind of share some of that story and also just see what God's Word has to say about liberating our money and being able to experience this freedom in our finances. And uh, the passage today of Scripture is from the book of Haggai. And I know that you probably read that this morning in your devotions, Haggai. Um, and, and I know that you know this is one of the 39 books of the Old Testament, the prophet Haggai. But just for reminder's sake, we're going to read it in Haggai uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. And in this passage of Scripture, this is a prophet in the Bible, and he shares what the Lord has spoken to him. And I wonder, as we read this, if you'll see whether or not this applies to your life today. It says... In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty? Because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and on the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces, on people and livestock, and on all the labor of your hands." If I'm titling this message today, I would title it, It's Time to Get a New Purse. Will you pray with me as we ask God to speak to each of us? God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for speaking through the prophet Haggai. And I pray, just as you spoke to the prophet Haggai, you would speak to each of us. Give us clarity in our next steps, God. And for those of us with holes in our purse, God, plug those holes up or help us get a new one. It's in your name we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. It's time to get a new purse. And some of you are like, I already got my word from the Lord today. I'm going purse shopping after this. Uh, and, and in fact, as I was thinking about this title of this, I actually did some research on this thing called purses because, you know, I don't know anything about purses. I, I know this. When my wife wants one, they're more expensive than I ever thought they should be. I think about $3 should get you any type of purse you ever needed. 
Um, and, and, you know, consequently, she also thinks that's about how much I need to spend on any gun or weapon I would want. Um, so I did some research. And so those of you who like purses, see if, see if I've done good research here. I've got some brand names of purses. One of them is Dooney and Burke. Is that one? Okay. Michael Kors. Is that good? Calvin Klein. Coach. Givenchy. Fendi. Jimmy Choo, are, am I, are, is this really purses? Uh, Valentino, St. Laurent, and Dolce and Gabbana, something like that. Is that somewhere close? Okay, here's what I know. That brand is really proud of their purses, like $1,000 or more. It's crazy. And one of the ads said, I have a coach swagger. It's croc embossed leather, and it's pink. Isn't that awesome? Uh, another one said, I have a Givenchy Genuine Python satchel. I don't even know what a satchel is, but apparently it's a type of purse. And it comes alternatively with ostrich leather. Isn't that great? This is very informational for some of you. But here's what I know. We all know, really, though, what a purse exists for, right? It, a purse, ha- it's nice that it's made of crocodile leather or ostrich leather. It's nice that it's pink. It's nice that it's a satchel. All that stuff is great. Except for if it forgets its primary purpose, which is to hold stuff, then we don't really care what it was made out of. We're just mad because our wallet fell out of it. Is that right? Like we don't want a purse with holes in it. And so it's time to get a new purse if you have a purse with holes in it. And I experienced something like this recently. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we, we had been able to really get our finances in order, and we've decided to take the plunge and build our dream house. And, and so we decided on this house plan, and I, I remember sitting down with our builder, and I said, these are kind of the plans we want to build, and I kind of want to spend not one dollar more than this amount. And he's kind of nodding, okay? And then my wife's magical purse opened up, and out came you know, Pinterest pictures. And, and I've, got, I've got news for you. For every view of Pinterest, your budget will go up about 10 grand each. For real. It's, it's, it's from Satan, right? And so, so I remember, I, I, I'd never seen these pictures. And she's pulling out these pictures, and she's laying them in front of them, one after another. I want the kitchen to look like this. I want the cubbies and the mudroom to look like this. And, and, and I'm like, ah! Ah! And the builder, he finally gets, she gets done and he patted the plans and he looked at me like combination of mournfully and sorrowfully and he patted them and said, now Joe, you, you can't get this for that amount of money. And I said, I didn't know I wanted that, right? And so I had to have a long talk with my bride and so we, we compromised and we got it all. And, and, and so, so I'm like, baby, I teach financial stewardship for a living. We, come on, you got to like throw a dog a bone here. L- at least let me transfer our old appliances, our 17-year-old appliances over to our new house. I mean, they have served us so well. They're very reliable. They're incredible. And again, I found myself at the appliance store. And so I'm there, and man, has technology changed in the 17 years since I'd bought those GE washer and dryer. In fact, we came home with this washer and dryer that are incredible. Um, I, like, literally, you can upload MP3 songs on them, and they'll play while they're washing and drying clothes, right? Like, it's in the washer, and it's singing, at the car wash, right? I mean, it's just crazy. And any song you want, and, and it will have, it has an app. 
And it will give you push notifications saying, beginning spin cycle. Like, I didn't know I wanted to know that. I, I don't want to know that, right? How do I turn this off, right? And so, so it does all these amazing things. There's just one problem with the dryer. Guess what that is? It, it doesn't dry clothes. Like, for real, we had had it like three months, and it broke. And it's over there playing the song, but it won't dry clothes. Three months later, it broke again. Four months later, it broke again. The 15th month, it broke again. And I'm not naming the manufacturer because they made it right and replaced it. But let me tell you something. Um, I didn't care about all the singing of songs and all the special app push notifications because this dryer would not do its intended purpose, which is to dry clothes. And so that's huge. And so you would want your purse to do what its primary purpose to do. You want the dryer to do what its intended purpose is to do. And I, want, I came here today to remind you of your intended purpose. That God created you on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. And your primary purpose is to worship and praise God, our creator. That is our created reason, that we are created to bring honor and glory to him, to be able to live out his calling in our life. And my question today is, are you doing that? Are you living a life that is fulfilled in full pursuit of the Lord and for what he has for you? And when it comes to your finances, are your finances tied up or bound up or are they liberated? Are they free to fund God's call in your life? And today I want to unpack that because I have been broke before. And I don't know if you have, but I have, and it's no fun when you're broke. In fact, I wonder if anyone here today feels like you have a purse with at least one hole in it, right? I, I've been there. And let's ask a bigger, more macroeconomic question. Does anyone feel like you're paying taxes into a purse with holes in it? Let, let, let's just do research. I did research. In fact, I went to usdebtclock.org, which tracks all the different debt numbers and financial numbers of the nation. And, and it said when I was working on this message that our national debt is merely $21.164 trillion. Get fired up. And you're like, I don't know how that applies to me. Well, let's do it this way. Let's make it relevant to you. If you divide that number, 21 plus trillion dollars of debt, by every American citizen, man, woman, and child, that's $64,600 of debt each. Get fired up. And let me ask you a question. Is our nation any different than most other nations? They're all debtor nations. And as a result, there will be a day where we have to pay. We have purses with holes in it. And I came today to declare that it's time to get a new purse. And I think we can learn some great things from this word of the Lord through the prophet Haggai. And if you're taking notes today, I'm going to share those three things with you. I pray they're a help to you as much as they've been a help to me. And the first thing that you'd write down is my actions. Everybody say actions. Actions. In verses 5 and 7, Haggai says it twice. It says, give careful thought to your ways. That the Lord Almighty said, give careful thought to your ways. In other words, give careful thought to your actions. Our actions matter. And I came here today to challenge you with that statement. Let's give careful thought to your ways. And I'm going to ask these five statements that Haggai makes and see if you can identify with it. All right. I'm going to ask them. See if you can identify with anything. It says, number one, have you planted much but harvested little? 
Number two, have you eaten but never have enough? Have you drank but never have your fill? Number four, do you put on clothes but are not warm? Number five, do you earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it? I know I can identify with that. I remember leaving the household, and I'm the youngest of six boys. I have an identical twin brother, and even though we're the youngest, we were the first to go to college. And so I ventured off to Purdue University, which is in Indiana. We lived in Indiana, and my, my twin brother went to the R-Tribal Indiana University. And uh, he joined the U.S. Army and let them pay for it. I let Sally Mae start dating me. And uh, we started a long-term relationship. Is anybody dating Sally Mae or her first cousins, Navient, Federal Direct Loan, or any of those? Okay. Today I'm going to help you break up and get free. It's going to be free money. Get fired up. And uh, I started financing all my college education. My first week in there, they said they'd give me free stuff if I'd fill out some credit card applications. And so I filled them all out. In fact, it was 25 years ago, but it, it feels like it was yesterday. For real. Like, I remember exactly what I got. I mean, it was a very fast application process. What is your name? Joseph Single. What is your income? Zero dollars. And what is your job? Do not have one. Give me my free stuff. And I, I got a free two liter of Coke for that labor. It's awesome. I, even, I got a t-shirt from American Express that advertised their long distance service. That, like all the millennials are looking at me confused, right? That used to be a thing. Did you know it used to cost you money to call someone on the other side of town? Who here has gotten in trouble because you spent too much time on long distance, right? That's right. So for millennials, think about, think about, think about data. It's similar to data. And the, th the third thing that I got was a duffel bag from American Express. And I still use it for hunting to this day, for real. And so I admitted truthfully on paper that I had no job and no income. Do you think they gave me a credit card? Yes, about a week later, a credit card showed up, and the next day, I practiced with it, and I found out I was really good at it. And I, I graduated four years later with a degree in mechanical engineering. I wasn't a stellar student. I, get a, I didn't get a single A in a single engineering class. Um, I, I, I graduated with a 2.64 GPA, so be glad I'm not engineering things anymore. They would harm people. Uh, but I did graduate, and all through college, I'd been driving a beater clunker vehicle. Now, has anybody here ever drove a clunker vehicle before, right? You've never been closer to Jesus than when you're driving a clunker, right? You pray through every time you drive it. And mine was the 1981 Datsun B210. It had a hole in the passenger side floorboard that I had to have a piece of plywood to keep my passenger's feet from hitting the interstate. I, I hit a rough railroad track crossing and the entire dash collapsed in my lap. And because my engineering degree wasn't good enough, I guess, I, I used clothesline to tie it up. And then my driver's side door stopped latching. I rolled down the window and tied it shut and went in and out of the window like the Dukes of Hazard. And then it caught on fire, not once, but twice. I mean, it was bad. So please say yes to this question. Do you agree with me that I needed a different car? Please say yes. So I did, but I wanted a new car. So I bought a brand new car. I even financed the sales tax. In Indiana, that was 105% financing for a new car. And then they sent me love letters every month thereafter, wanting $359.96 a month back. Isn't it crazy how payments tend to sear themselves or tattoo themselves on your brain Long after they're gone, you still remember the pain of it. 
$359.96 a month. And then I read somewhere in the Bible, it's a little known edition called the first book of hesitations. Chapter three, verse two says every guy needs a truck. It, no, it doesn't say that, but it should say that. And I bought a truck, 100% financing. And then I, I asked my girlfriend to marry me, uh, that Chicago Polish Southsider, uh, Jennifer Lynn Nijakowski. She said, yes, so I financed the engagement ring, the wedding ring, the wedding, and the honeymoon to Jamaica all on my credit card. Then we got an opportunity to move with a job transfer to South Carolina. There was a living specimen of a palm tree there, so I took that as a sign from God we should move. And so we went there and we bought a house. That was a debt of another size. And then we bought furniture 24 months, same as cash. And no one right here right now is saying, I perceive that this person is a financial genius. <laughs> You're like, Lord, bless him. Bless him, Lord. Right? I had debt coming out of my eyeballs. And it was at that moment that I see this verse that says, you put money into a purse with holes in it. And I'm like, amen, I'm a witness. I'm living this life. How do I get out of this? Who's with me? And I had to consider my actions. And, and what I realized is that the reason that happens is because we have an enemy. We all have a common enemy. And if he can keep you from moving towards freedom, if he can keep you broke, he can keep you ineffective and from moving towards God's call in your life and from living a life of blessing. In fact, I was going around saying, Satan's just been attacking me and my finances. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be alert and of sober mind because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And he's devouring me. Oh, Satan's just been attacking. Have you, have you ever thrown a pity party for yourself? I mean, I, I was talented at it. And uh, I was prompted in one of these to look at the car note. And I noticed that it was not signed Satan L. Lucifer. It was my signature. And what I realized is I had to consider my actions. That my actions were leading to bound up money, an absolute opposite of freedom and free money that was able to be liberated to fund God's call for my life. I had to consider my actions. The second thing I see in this passage of scripture is we have to look at my effort. My effort. Everybody say effort. Effort. It takes work to get your money freed up. It takes work to pursue God's chosen dream for your life. In fact, it says in verse eight, it says, and I love it. You know, we're sitting here right in these beautiful mountains and think, think about this. Does it take effort to go up into the mountains? Does it take effort to bring down timber? And does it take effort to build God's house? Yes is the answer to all three of those questions. He says, go up into the mountains, bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored. Here's another way to say it. Getting your financial house in order is going to take some hard work. You will not wander your way to financial freedom. Have you, has anyone ever tried to wander your way? Right? It doesn't work very well. It takes work, effort, energy, and a lot of emotion. In fact, have you noticed you don't go to the bookstore and try to buy the book or go to Amazon Prime and say, I'm looking for a book on how to be broke in five easy steps. Right? We figure that out on our own. We have to look at our efforts. So, so let's get serious. I'm, can we get serious? Okay, we're going to get serious here. You ready? Um, do you have a written budget? 
Okay, I didn't get the rousing, yes, answer that I expected. So I'm just assuming that you're timid right now and a little nervous. And I'm going to assume that you do have a budget. If you don't have a budget, then I strongly encourage you to come back for the financial learning experience this afternoon. We'll share with you how to do a budget. We have over 100 free financial tools, including free budget templates that we'll give to you. And I promise you, we'll help you get a budget that works. Okay, so I'm assuming the answer is yes. Let's get more serious. Um, Of your budget that you've written, do you follow it? You know, that's a separate thing, right? You, You can have a budget, but then it takes effort to follow it. And then the third question is, let's get more serious. Are you ready for this? Do you have a written budget that you follow that puts God's first? Let me tell you, that's exactly where I was at when I was broke. And I, I mean, I was broke. In fact, um, I want to try to do kind of this thing where I say I was broke. I was really broke. And you're going to say, how broke? You want to try this? Let's try this. And man, I was broke. I mean, I seriously was broke. I was so broke that I was walking down the street with one shoe on, and they said, hey, you lost a shoe. And I said, no, I found one. I mean, I was broke. I was so broke. I was so broke. I was so broke that when somebody knocks on my door, I have to personally yell ding dong out the window. I mean, I was broke. I was broke. I was so broke. I was so broke that I have to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and lick other people's fingers. (laughs) Don't do that. That's just weird, right? I mean, I was broke. No, don't say how broke. No, we're, we're done with that. Um, don't go lick other people's fingers either. That's weird. Um, but let me tell you, I was broke and I had no money. It doesn't surprise you. You've heard about all this debt I had. And so I had pledged away all of my income. We were going further in the hole every single month. And I read this passage of scripture that, where it's saying God wants to be first. And I was like, I don't want to do this. In fact, I, I, I said, God, 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 come over here, God. I need, I need to introduce you to math. Have you ever tried to talk to God about this? Like, God, let, let me help you here. Um, I, 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 can't, I can't make it on 100%. And God, see, if, if I give the first 10%, God, let me help you with the math here. 100% minus 10% kind of equals like 90%. And I can't make it on 100%. So the 90%, it, it, it ain't working. Have you ever done that? Ha- have you ever tried to convince God of something? Right? And how did it work for you? I suspect about as good as it worked for me. And I don't know how it works. But I do know this. That when God sees you putting in that effort, he recognizes it and he pours out his blessing upon your life. And I know I'm just one of millions of witnesses to the power of God working on my behalf that when I honor him with the first fruits, crazy things start to happen. In fact, we started to put together a budget and I, I, I did not want to do a budget. I hated the idea of a budget. I'm a spender and I, I have a spiritual gift of making money disappear. I am talented at it. I go out at lunch, spend too much on lunch, and accidentally buy a truck. I mean, I'm serious. It's bad. And so there's this day. I'll never forget it. It was in July of 2003, June of 2003, actually. My bride came in, and uh, I was watching my beloved Chicago Cubs scrubs, right? Back then, they were really bad. And uh, so I was trying to watch them play baseball, which means I was taking a nap. Because back then, April 1st was the day they were mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. They were really bad. And so I was taking a nap. My bride came in, and she's like, Joseph, what do you think of this budget? And, and like, that 
I burst into poetry and rap. I, I, I was like, my name is Joe, and a budget makes me say no, and that interrupts my flow, so it's got to go, right? And she did not laugh. Uh, so, but she was cute, so I decided to look at it, and I, I was like, give me that. And I looked at it, and for the first time ever, we had a budget that put God first, had savings second, and I had investing third, and we, the rest was planned out. And there was some cut, some stuff cut out of there. But it, at least it balanced. And there was some fun in it. And, and then, as an engineer, I had a sudden realization that I could make an Excel spreadsheet out of this. I was so fired up. And so I went and I put in an Excel spreadsheet. And that month, July 2003, in June we planned out July spending. That month, July 2003, we, we followed that budget for the first time ever. And let me tell you something, all that God said he would do is all that he did, and we experienced miracles. In fact, I get to stand here today, 178 consecutive months later, two months short of 15 years of preparing a budget every single month, every single month, every single month, following the budget every single month, every single month. Do you think there have been challenges? You bet. Every single month, thanking God for providing again, putting God first, saving second, and investing third and planning the rest with God's blessing upon it, crazy things started to happen. In fact, I, I, I challenge you to do that. In fact, it takes work, effort. A great a, example of this is many people are praying for God to do this miracle, but they're unwilling to put in the effort. And you're praying for something that God's saying, I've given you the ability to do, but you need to take the effort. In fact, I recently heard Bishop T.D. Jakes, he was doing a book tour with his new book, Soar, and he shared this great statement in there that applies right here. He said, you know, many people are praying for something that God just simply will not or cannot do. And here's the example he gave. He said, for example, a, a person is praying for a table and chairs. And God has given them a tree. The table and chairs are in the tree. It takes work to get it out of there. Does that make sense? Are you willing to put in the effort? Because if so, the third thing that we can see in this story is it invites the Lord's blessing. The Lord's blessing. You see, work is great, but the prophet, his words from the Lord said, all that work would not matter if it did not have the Lord's blessing upon it. In verse 9, it says, you expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty? Because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house. And he's not saying it's wrong to build out your own house, your own life, but he's saying, hey, listen, make sure you prioritize me along the way because it's only I that can give you clarity for life, meaning for life. You're created as, 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 as a vessel of worship. And, and to offer your bodies as living sacrifices is incredible. And it's all God's anyhow, right? Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. It's all God's. And that when we, he sees that we will put him first, that we manage the rest with a plan, he says, I can trust that person. And crazy things start to happen. In fact, there's a great promise found in Malachi 3, 9 and 10. It says that we are to put him first. It says, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Verse 10, bring the whole tithe in the storehouse. Stop there. The word tithe means first fruits. It's the first 10% of the, 
of a whole part, the first fruits. And the word first fruits is mentioned in the Bible in the NIV 2011 edition 32 times. In the King James Version, it's mentioned there 30 times. In the ESV edition, if you like that edition of the Bible, it's mentioned 33 times. Guess how many times the word last fruits is mentioned in all editions combined? A big fat zero. God wants to be first. And so watch this promise here. It says, bring the whole tithe in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then there's four words I would love for you to say them with me. Will you say them with me? Starting with the word test. Let's go. Ready? Test me in this. Says pastor. Says Joe Sangle. Says who? Says the Lord Almighty. Do you see it? He's saying test him. It's the only place in the Bible where God says test me. With this thing called money. And this thing called prioritizing the Lord's house. Is that crazy? And watch this. It's, it gives the promise. It says, And see if I not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there not be room enough to store it. And so I realize that this is an if-then statement. Let's look at this verse back up here. Let's go back. And it says, test me in this. So read this. I, as an engineer, this makes my heart happy. Watch this. If you test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, See if I will not then throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there'll not be room enough to store it. Do you see it? And so my question is, have you ever tested him? And have you invited the Lord's blessing in your life? Let me tell you, it's the greatest decision I ever made financially. In fact, I I remember back in uh, late 2002, early 2003, right as we were beginning to try to get our money in order, um, we, we were just begging God to do a miracle. We had an average bank balance of $4.13. All of my money was running out the doors. I mean, I felt like, you know, there was leaks on the ship and I'd ran out of fingers to stick them up. And yeah, I mean, we were sinking. And I was desperate enough and I was broke. And I did something that I call angry tithing. I know none of you have ever done that here before. But I, I did angry tithing. Let me unpack it. I was like, I'm broke as a joke. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I guess I will test you. I'll test you right now. I know none of you have ever done this. And right, offering time comes and it's like, right? I know none of you have ever done this, but I, I may have done this before. And all I found is that God will do what he says he will do. Let me tell you what happened in our life. In 14 months, um, we were able to pay off all of our debt except for our house. Um, six years after we began our journey, we were able to go full-time on staff at our church that we had helped start and uh, take a 50% pay cut but still prosper because we had gotten rid of all this debt. So we were able to still prosper on far less. And then we, we felt God called us to take this this great message to the nations to help people get freed up with their finances. And we're able to do all that stuff. And in 2013, we're able to pay off our house um, and at age 38, owe nothing to anyone. And we're being able to experience free money, freedom money. And guess what you can do when you have no debt at all? Whatever God calls you to do, the moment he calls you to do it, the instant he calls you to do it, it's incredible. And I want you to experience this, but what I see that is even greater is he will give you the blessings that you cannot contain that are way beyond financial. And so I'll finish with this story of what God has done in our life. It's incredible. I I, I remember the day where uh, we decided to do something about this. And let me tell you something. When you decide 
that you're going to free up this money so that you can move towards God's calling in your life, you are inviting a challenge from our common enemy, Satan. You know that, right? You can leave here today and say, that's it. I'm sick of debt. I'm chopping up the credit cards. I'm not doing any more debt. I'm going to put God first. Woo! And you walk out here and all four of your tires will be flat. <laughs> for real. Like for real. And, and, and you know why? Because you have an enemy. And if he can keep you broke, you're ineffective. You're over here. But listen, it doesn't affect how much God loves you. But it does affect your ability to pursue his dreams in your life. And are you willing to take action and put in the effort and persevere? And whenever Satan attacks, just say, listen, I've read the back of the book. I know who wins. I'm going to punch you in the throat and I'm going to go on. And let me tell you, we, we took this step of faith, and we're taking this step of faith. And, you know, when me and my wife got married, we didn't know if we could have children. Um, because when she was 16, she had major ovarian tumors. And so the doctor said, we don't know if you can have kids. So a couple years in our marriage, you can imagine our excitement when we found out we had a baby on the way. And in 1999, November 12th, our beautiful daughter, who's 18 now, showed up. And uh, she was awesome, and, and we named her Malia Jacoby. Malia is Hawaiian for calm wave, and it's a terrible name for her. It, like, she is anything but calm. She's going off somewhere. We need to aim her. I need the Hawaiian word for tsunami is what I need. Um, but anyhow, she was born, and a couple years after she was born, when we decided to get our finances in order, there's nothing like children to make you realize you need to get your finances in order. Can I get a witness? And so uh, we got our budget together, and then my wife called me in a panic state while I was at work saying the doctor has just discovered massive tumors, and I have to have surgery right now. And they've mentioned the word cancer, and we need, I need you. And I remember racing there, and let me tell you, money can't fix that. And I remember going through this massive surgery, and it took my wife, you know, 10 months to heal. God healed my wife, right? Right as we're trying to get our money in order, listen, you're going to have attacks. You are. And I know there's witnesses in this room. You've had attacks. And, and you know, 10 months after that, she had just healed up. We found out the tumors had recurred, and we had to go through the surgery again, and we had to pay the insurance deductible again. Shortly after that, our heat pump died. Isn't that awesome? And then our upstairs unit, it died too. And we had to pay 9,500 bucks. That's exactly what I want to spend my money on is heat pumps, right? In my high school yearbook, I said, I just dream of buying heat pumps, <laughs> right? But this stuff happens, doesn't it? Life happens. And, but, but we had a dream. We had a calling. And we would not be denied. And we would test the Lord in this. And every single month, pull out that budget again and pray, God, help us. You knew this happened, and before it ever happened, God, we're going to honor you. No matter what, we're going to put you first. God, help us every single month, believing the dream that God had put in our heart. And I remember in 2006, taking that 50% pay cut, believing God was with us, and he was. I remember starting this mission to go help people with their finances in 2009. Do you remember that? You remember your 401k had turned into a 201k and then a box of special K? Do you remember that? Yeah. And we're going out to help broke people. And I'm like, God, I've wrote a book called I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. I don't want to write the sequel. I was broke, then I wasn't, now I am again. Right? But God was faithful. And we took the step of faith. And God blew the doors off this thing. In fact, in the time from the day that we surrendered to taking this ministry to the nations, God has taken our net worth up, I did the math, by only 706.82%. That's all he's done financially. 
But more than that, he blessed us with things that money cannot buy. You know, after my wife had these major surgeries, they said, well, you can't really have children, so you need to give up on that dream. We didn't give up on that dream. We saved for in vitro and went on the in vitro journey, 18,500 bucks, and God said no. That was hard. And we gave up on that dream in 2009. Uh, uh, we took the step of faith. I remember June 1st, we're going to go do this. This is awesome. And to save money, because I'm such a great stewardship teacher, I saved money by canceling maternity insurance. <laughs> you know what we found out 16 days later, right? <laughs> we were expecting. And so I said, God, we paid money to not have a child. I believe you'll provide the money for when he shows up. And our baby boy showed up eight years ago. And God allowed us to take him from the hospital without having the shirt saying the hospital owns me. And that was awesome. And we can barely contain our son. He's broken everything in our house. Um, he's awesome, but he's very destructive. I love him. His name's Keaton. But let me tell you something. God said he'll give you blessings you can't contain. And so you know what we found out four years after he is born, right? The overflow blessing was on the way in a baby girl. And we named her Megan Jennifer Sangle. And let me tell you, she's so sweet. She's four years old. She's calm. She does not break things. And I literally call her overflow. It's one of my nicknames for her. Because I remember the day a doctor saying, this is not possible. This will take a miracle. And I came today to tell you, I know the author of miracles. And I came today to tell you that if God did that for me, will you believe he could do it for you? Because everyone in this room, you have a dream in your heart. In fact, some of you have dreams that you do, dare not believe. They're dreams that are so big that you've not even shared them with another human being because you're fearful of what they might say about it. But you know for a fact God gave you that dream. You know for a fact. And my challenge to you today is will you give freedom to that idea? Will you give freedom to that dream? Will you consider your ways? Will you put in some effort? Will you put God first and invite his blessing upon it? And let me tell you, there'll be a day, 10 years, 15 years from now, will you look back and say, I'm so glad I took that step of faith. The Lord's blessing has been with me. He has indeed blown my mind and given me more than I ever could have managed or believed could happen. Do you believe that could happen today, ACF? Do you believe it? It can happen. This afternoon, I'm going to be teaching the financial learning experience. It's about, it starts at 5 o'clock, but at 4.30, there's some food, there's some child care, and it's free. And we would love to be able to teach you how to win with your money God's way. We're, there's over 100 free financial tools. And uh, I, I promise you, it will help you take one next step. Even if you're winning with your money, it can help you be able to share with others in your life who are not winning. In fact, if you came last time 18 months ago, we've added a new component, 20 minutes of talking about the current economic situation, and uh, I think that you'll find it very helpful to you if you came back again. Uh, let me finish in prayer as I hand it back to the worship team. Will you join me in prayer? God, I thank you so much for every life represented here. God, I feel it so strongly at this moment. There's potential in this room, huge potential. God, if we would just surrender our dreams for your dreams, We'd exchange our life for your preferred plan for our life. And God, this thing called money, we all deal with challenges with it. God, I pray that you would help us liberate these dollars. God, help us to liberate the first fruits to build your house. God, you've sent so much harvest here. 
to be able to minister so effectively to this community and beyond. Help us to always be engaged with that. And God, help us to believe that the dream you gave us can indeed become reality. Help us to put in the action. Help us to have the effort. And God, sustain us in that journey and bring your blessing upon it. And Jesus, we thank you for dying and paying a debt none of us could ever repay. That if we would just call upon your name, we could experience that freedom of salvation. That wherever your spirit is, there is liberty. Jesus, we thank you for that most outrageous, generous gift. And it's your name that we pray this. And everybody said, amen. God bless each of you. Amen. Let's give you a hand.